Welcome to the Committed Walk with Christ monthly podcast and Bible study. Um, since Doc hasn't been here in a while, we're going to have him open us up for prayer, and then we're just going to start with our usual stuff. Oh, it's so kind of you, sir. Dear Lord, we thank you for another day, but we, by all means, thank you for any time you give us an opportunity to just to discuss your word. We ask that in these cases that you open our hearts and open our minds, give us an ear to listen and an ear to hear, and there is a difference. We ask that when we leave from here, that when if an opportunity arises, that you give us the words to say that can lead a heart to you. And these things we ask in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, last time we were discussing forgiveness, it's a new year, new time. I don't make resolutions because I never keep them anyway. Um, Rhonda, you haven't been here. So why don't you tell everybody a little about yourself and how you became with your walk with Christ? Um, let's see, a little bit myself. I live in Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. I have um, had a relationship with Jesus since I was 15. And I am will be 57 Monday, so that is a really long time. But the older you get, the more you know that you don't know. Um, I've been married almost 36 years, be 36 years, the 26th of January. Um, so the longer you're married, the more you know that you don't know. <laughs> so the more you know that you need God. It's, a, it's a, one of the most lovely things I've ever done and the, the hardest things I've ever done. Um, things, you know, tests and challenges come that um, let you know that you need God um, to be able to live with somebody for that long. Um, you know, ups and downs and ins and outs and all that stuff that you promised that you thought would never happen, you know, the sickness and health and the, for better, the worse, all that stuff does happen, <laughs> but, um, but God's faithful and, um, it's, it's awesome. So that's, that's me. Um, there you go. All right. Yeah. Me and Rhonda go back a little few years, 2008, I think it was, we worked together when, we didn't even know a work from home thing would be the thing of the future because we worked for AAA at the time. I lived in Minneapolis at the time and she's still where she was. But again, that was 12 years ago. So it's kind of funny how some of your past things come up that, I mean, people working from home now, I've, I've done, I've been there, done that already. So um, for those of you guys that don't know, I live in Northern Minnesota. I've been walking with Christ on and off since I was about six. And I just turned 48 last month. It's been consistent, though, for the last 15 plus years. God has a way of putting things in your path to remind you that you need him. And there's things that you can't do without him. I mean, if anybody thinks any otherwise, then they're sadly mistaken. <clears throat> that's not a that's not an opinion. That's a fact for me because I've lived it and done it. So <clears throat> anybody got any prayers reports before we jump into this great word of his? Well, <clears throat> I don't really have a praise report, but I do have a prayer request. Um, this is Terry Elliott. Um, I was awake all night <clears throat> um, last night and early this morning. Um, earlier, 
uh, it felt like my chest was was getting tight, like like I might be coming down with a cold or something. And I just prayed to God and asked him to not let that happen. Um, and to give me his safety, protection, and healing. And so I'm asking for prayer about that. All right, good deal. Doc, you haven't been here in a while, so why don't you give us a little background on yourself, where you from, how long you've been walking with Christ. You mentioned earlier that you write devotions, and I know you have a Team Talk server for Bible study, so why don't you plug that for us, too? All righty. Yes, I am here in Colorado, and actually right next door to Denver in Aurora. I have been... Well, actually, I came here for, for music. I was a sound engineer for a gospel band, went into business in the vending program for a while, came back out, went back to school, got extra degrees, and then found out that where God wanted me was teaching his word. So since for the last four years, I've been working with a group called Interactive Christian Community, and they have a Sunday school and church service on Team Talk. And I teach their Sunday school. On my Team Talk server, I teach, I have one, two, three, three devotionals that I work with. Aside from God giving me the, the, the desire to one, write my own, write a, a, a different type of translation of the Bible. This one concerns having it in contextual order. Also, writing a commentary on Matthew 5. The whole, and I'm maybe almost to the halfway point of Matthew 5. But the, this, what I've been finding is to be fun is the whole idea of talking about his word, discussing his word, and seeing what he teaches us. Because I, I've come to learn that no matter where we are in our walk, he still will teach us something that even those who may have been in the word for years and years may, ne may never have thought about. Amen. And I'm um... I thank you for those commentaries because we all don't, none of us knows at all. And you're never too old to learn anything new. Um, I want to start with one of the things that I read in our, um, our plans this week, something that jumped out at me. One of the plans that I was reading, I can't remember which one it was because I read about four or five at a time. But this particular plan said that some people, and this is true because I've noticed it, but some people think worshiping God is a chore instead of an opportunity. I would like to see what everybody's opinion is on that. Let's start with you, Rhonda. What do you think? Because you've been in walking with Jesus for a long time. Have you seen that over the years? And what is your take on that? I guess I can see that, um, especially with maybe teenagers or some people say we have to go to church or we have to um, read the Bible instead of we get to, you know, there's a difference when you say I have to or I get to. I get to eat dinner means, well, I don't usually get to have dinner. 
a half to eat dinner means, you know, like when your mother made you sit at the table or mine did until I ate the Brussels sprouts. So it's a, it's not a have to, it's, you know, I get to, it's a, I, I wasn't able to worship God, but then Jesus made a way. So it's not, I have to, but I get to. Yeah. I'm honored to be able to have the choice, not him telling me to, but have the choice to worship and praise him and thank him for the things that he's done for me in my life. Cause I've, you know, I've come a long way. There's a, there's a long road back from December of 1972 to now. Cause I mean, if, if I died tomorrow, I would be satisfied with what I've done because I've been all over. I've done some things. Doc, me and you got a lot more in common than I thought. I was also in the BBE program in two states, not just one. I grew up wrestling <laughs> and playing goal ball, just like goal ball, just like you did. Man, I wish we could get a goal ball league going again. Cause that is a fun sport. But, uh, <clears throat> You know, it, it's just amazing where you come from. And, you know, for all of us, God's not done. He has a plan for us. We just have to be willing to follow and listen to him because that's what the problem is sometimes. Some of us Christians think we know it all or we think we want to do what we want to do. But God leads us in a whole totally different direction. So anybody else? Casey. Nathan. Oh, go ahead, Casey. Well, I think... I think that sometimes our distractions in life can make worshiping a chore because I remember <clears throat> when I was younger in the 80s, 70s and 80s, it was more fun to watch a football game, a second game, than go to a second church service. Um, so that was hard. Uh, um, uh, or even sometimes you know, going into a church service, even in the morning, if there was something going on in the, you know, you thought about that. And, um, but as I've grown in, in my faith and, and the things I've done over the years, I find looking, looking forward to a service, uh, looking forward to the word. Um, um, and that's why I got into this group, because with all the things going on, you don't hear very much positive, uh, and even churches, our church has a, they have their service on Zoom on Sunday morning, and that's about it. And a lot of the other stuff's not terribly accessible. So I, I think worshiping can be a chore, but then it can be some, a joy that you look forward to. But I think it takes growth in your faith to get to that point. So this is Nathan. And... Um... I believe that worshiping God, worshiping Christ, is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's more than just going to church. It's about everything being about worship, no matter what you do throughout your day. It's all about worshiping God in your choices, uh, in your actions. Everything is a form of worship. And... Um, it, what, thinking that way for me anyway, helps me when it comes to temptation because temptation certainly isn't worship. And so if your lifestyle is to be in worship with everything you do, then you'll be really aware of your temptations. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's my thinking anyway. I like that. Uh, well, I, Go ahead, I, I have, I have an example uh, to give. Uh, this weekend, 
on Sirius XM, they're doing a top countdown of the 300 songs on different channels. And I was listening to it. And uh, uh, I could have just kept listening to it and rather than coming here. And I'm glad that I didn't give in to that temptation of not coming rather mm -hmm. than listening to the countdown still. Mm -hmm. So sometimes um, you just don't feel motivated to to read the word or to read the devotions. Sometimes you get bottled down with other things and that takes over. And then before you either there, you get sleepy and you're tired and you don't feel like doing it then. Um, so uh, for me, um, I'm gonna try to do it early in the morning when I get up before I start listening to other music and watching television, watching the Weather Channel and, and stuff like that. Because if I procrastinate and wait till later, then I won't feel like doing it. And then I don't do it. That's true. And then sometimes those distractions, I think about them later and what I did. And I think that wasn't worth doing compared to reading the Bible or spending time with God anyway. <laughs> yeah, because one thing we'll, we'll find that if we allow ourselves to take the time when we, in fact, in numbers, it's, it, it, it kind of tells us that if we do this, make an effort to do this when we rise up and then when we lay down, so now you have the opportunity, you, you allow yourself the opportunity to have time with God when you wake up to start your day and before you go to bed and lay your head down. And when you think about the time that Jesus was here and taught. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, hey, Cliff. Hi, Kurt. Good morning. I mean, yeah. good afternoon. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, Cliff. Yeah. How do you turn off all these announcements? Um, <laughs> the best, the easiest way would be to four four uh, bingo triple tap and turn voiceovers the speech off, not voiceover, but the speech. Three yeah. finger double tap. Is it three? Is it double? Okay, yeah, three finger double tap. Okay, uh, I'll just turn the speech mode off. I'm, I'm always on my phone. I mean, always on my computer. Well, the computer I, I want to say is is Windows yeah. Alt Windows S on the keyboard. Alt Windows S. Yeah. That that should disable them. It's a toggle. It's a toggle thing. Oh, Kadoki. Uh, if you're using Jaws, it's Alt Spacebar S. Well, well, that's that's to turn the speech off, but to turn the notifications off in Zoom. If you're in the Zoom app, if you're in the Zoom program on your computer, when uh, Alt Windows S to disable it looks like. Okay. What if you're on the uh, What if you're on the iPhone or the Mac? Book Air. 
on your iPhone, you can do a three-finger double tap, and it will mute speech. Oh. I just turn voiceover Mac, off. If you're on the Mac, yeah, just turn voiceover off with that five. Mm-hmm. Command oh, yeah. five, I'm sorry. Okay. Or if you have trackpad commander, do a three-finger double tap on the trackpad. Yeah, I, I don't do gestures. I use a keyboard. I shoot. All right. So <laughs> to get back to our topic, um, if when you think about when Jesus was here teaching, and even before that point, he kept in constant contact with God. And he was showing us this is something that we could do. This wasn't something that was just special to him. And we have that opportunity to have that same same type of contact. When we think about it, we can go back farther. When we think about Daniel. And Daniel was a praying man. And Daniel took the time and he made the time to have communion with God. And so we have to make that decision and ask God to fortify us. I've heard a couple of really good points. Um, I think the first one being what Miss Rhonda said about worship needs to be a choice. I think not only does worship become a chore for us sometimes, but I think what's more dangerous is that when we allow it to become routine, um, you know, we set the alarm at 530 in the morning and we make sure at 530 to six o'clock we pray and worship God and then we go about our day. Is that truly worship or is that more a routine or is that more something an item that we're checking off our checklist and I think the other thing that I've heard that's just been real important is that you know I don't think worship is just a one-time thing during our day you know the Bible tells us to pray continuously and to me prayer is conversation with God and just like I talk to my children my friends and family my coworkers continuously throughout the day. That's the same with God. I talk to him just like um, I would people through text messaging constantly, you know, whether it's um, these things are annoying me. So show me how to better deal with this situation God, that was a really good class. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. You know, walk outside and you listen to the birds or you hear the wind rub across your face. And those are times when I think God, I know that God is with me because it's being able to worship him in the beauty of nature. So I think it's more important that worship be something that is so uninhibited throughout our day where it's not stuffed into a time it's not stuffed into a session it's not stuffed into this box but we allow it to encompass all parts of our day you know we worship not just by voice but we also worship through our actions 
and our interactions with others, those are things that worship God as well. Nice, nice. Um, Doc, why don't you uh pick out one of your I don't know, not commentaries, but devotions, but uh, some passage and give us something to expand on. Okay, well, she alluded to one. My favorite verse is happens to be Psalm 16, 8. And it says that I know that you are with me, so I will not be shaken because you go before me. And if you think about this and, and about that closeness we have there, that also points us right to the other famous Psalm 23. That reminds us that even though we may have to go through hardships, we don't have to go through them alone. And that's the biggest difference between us and the ones who are wandering out there lost. And it's the thing that we have to, these verses tells us that we will have to go through situations. We would rather avoid them, but the biggest thing that I think when we have to when we when God brings us through a situation is that now we have the opportunity to help someone who might be coming behind us who's gone through what God has already brought you through yeah I mentioned it before that people thinking that they can do stuff alone or they don't need God for certain things is with my experience is not true um I've been in the world and I've been in the church and I'm telling you now being in the world is easy. Being in the church is hard because once you start to get blessed and the Lord has favored you, the enemy attacks you even more. He wants you out in the world because he you're where he wants you to be, you know, out there cussing, smoking, drinking, doing whatever, fornicating, all that. So he doesn't have to attack you. But when you're in the church, worshiping God, you know, bringing people the good news you know, studying his word and fellowshipping in Christ, that's when he, that's when he wants to attack you because that's not something that he can do successfully as long as you stay on that right path. So, I mean, because I remember before I came back to the church, I mean, I I never, I, you know, I thought I had a good, you know, I had a good job, you know, bills was always paid, this and that and the other. But then when I got back in church, started paying my tithes and, you know, going to the house of the Lord regularly, and that's when stuff started to go bad. And people's like, well, if you don't, if, you know, if it was better when you was in the world, then why don't you don't? Because I know that God has a plan and your time is coming and my time is coming. And it did. So, you know, I'm well, more well off now than I was ever when I was just trying to do it by myself. Okay. Now, out of curiosity, you mentioned going back to church. But what does the Bible tell us that the church is? Church is the body of Christ worshiping the Lord. It's not necessarily a building. House of prayer. Anybody else? 
Well, I think the church is a body of believers, but I think just like the human body where we have an ailment, I think sometimes part of Christ's body has ailments when, you know, when people fall away or get discouraged or, and I don't think we think about that too much. We think of church as a building or a denomination or, but if you really you take it in an abstract way, all of us are part of the body of Christ and the body has things that happen to it sometimes. And so do, so do people who are, 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 are part of the body of Christ. So I, I think that's another thought. Yeah. And now think about the the answers we've given, even just the brief ones, and line that up with what happened last year. You had so many people who felt that because the building was closed that they could no longer go to church. Forgetting that we each of us is the church and anytime we get together whether it's with one or two or three he said he would be in our midst and it doesn't and we don't have to have all that the fancy stuff we don't have to have the as long as we have someone that we can sit and study his word with so that we can so we can practice those one another's that paul talks about then we have church. Well, that's how I look at these devotionals. And the things that have caught my eye in the last two, three weeks is the ones about the persecuted Christians in, in different countries and what they had to go through. And I think to myself, <laughs> am I, am I, how strong really am I? Am I, am I that, that courageous? Would I be that courageous? Not only in worship, but to stand up for my, you know, for my faith. I mean, I uh, these devotionals have been a blessing to me. It's the best thing that's happened since the COVID. I think a lot of mistakes that are made in the body of Christ is people get caught up in different belief systems, religions, doctrines, instead of what the book actually says. They read the front words or the foreground and don't look in the context what the message is really trying to tell you or they'll take one verse and not read the not read the passage before or after so it lines up with what it's supposed to say or we read the bible with a eye based on the culture that we grew up with, the mindset of our of our neighborhood, rather than stopping to think about who was being spoken to, who did the speaking. These are important questions we have to we have to ask ourselves when we start reading the Bible. Yeah, most most passages can be applied to everyday life. I mean, stuff doesn't change people do, or the word doesn't change people do. But like you said, we got to understand who Paul was talking to when he said women shouldn't uh, preach 
when one of his best prophets was a was a woman or yeah. acts 238 when peter said you should be baptized in the father the son and the holy spirit but jesus said i give all authority unto you to do this in matthew what is that 18 and uh, 28 18 and 19 so you just have to remember who's speaking like doc said and who were they specifically talking to because you can people very people really misconstrue or misinterpret what certain things should say or would say and that's why before i even read my bible i ask god to open my heart and my mind and help me understand what i'm reading to get the best understanding out of it. not say okay i can read this i know what it says and i'm done with it i can't understand that by myself Uh, I always ask him to open my eyes to what's being read to said to me and let me understand what he wants me to understand from it. Ah, so we're getting another word. <laughs> <laughs> I think the amazing thing is that God already knew that this is how we would be, that we would need to study. You know, it tells us that we study to show ourselves approved. And he already knew that we wouldn't be able to understand the word just by reading it. And that's why he sent us the Holy Spirit to be able to be with us, to guide us through these things, to, um, you know, go before us. Whenever I have to have a difficult conversation with somebody or I've either been hurt or I've hurt somebody, I try and always make sure that while praying, I ask that God go before me to give me the words to say or to give me not only the words to say, but also give me the mindset to listen and understand the other person. And, um, that's where that Trinity comes in part into play because it's God, the spirit that does those, does those actions um, as part of God, the father. So. Going back to what Cliff said earlier about, you know, you can't do nothing without the Lord. If you look in, was it John 15? If you look there where it says, I, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. That's just one verse right yeah. there. So if you read the entire chapter, you get the, you, you you know you can get the whole picture, and it and then it goes on in like verse six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and then they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That's just part of it. So if you get a, get a chance, 
Oh yeah, that was definitely um, that was part of one of my plans this this week also. That John fifteen, and I did go back and read it. And it's you know basically saying, like you just said, if if your branch is not attached to my vine, which means if you're not rooted in the Word, if you're not rooted in His n- nurturement in 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 the things that He provides for us with being in His Word, then I mean you're gonna wither up and die. You you're gonna you know it ain't gonna be worth nothing, pretty much. Here's an interesting picture that popped up this morning. This morning we were in my Saturday devotionals. We were going through the Bible and we started this four years ago. And we're going and we're now in the book of Acts. We were doing chapters three and four today. And I had to sneak in the first chapter of Isaiah. But in chapter four, it talks about how Ananias, one of the the chief priests, had come before, and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with Peter and John to try to stop them from teaching this Jesus. But it reminded me because we also, on another class I, I teach, we were, we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and it talks about the line, the priest line coming through Aaron but this priest this high priest that was doing the days during and after Jesus arose and he was not part of the line of the birth line of Aaron he was an appointed priest but it clearly says in Hebrews that these this particular priest was not should not have been allowed to go into the holy of holies but yet we have this priesthood that that was that for for years even going back through the time of of the Herod the Great who had ventured into this 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 sacred area but it it caused caused the question of why were these men still alive after all these years when they were not from the from that priest line and the only thing that popped in my head was that is it possible that during this period that God had stepped aside because of what they had been doing when we look at the beginning of the book of Isaiah and he talks about how he, he was basically tired of what, you, what, what what became routine. He no longer wanted to, to smell their incense. He no, he no longer wanted their offerings because they had become something to do, not something that worshiped God. Well, that goes back to our original point of whether worship is a chore or, mm-hmm. you know, when it's a chore, if it's something you can check off my t- your to-do list. Oh, I worship God. Check. I went to church. Check. Now, now that I've gone to church and done my worship, 
I can now watch, watch football. I can now enjoy my family. If it's that type of mentality, then that doesn't provide, that's not real worship. But when you want to do it, and it's a matter of, and I think you can watch football with your family and still be worshiping God at the same time. Because like someone said, it's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's how you do it. It's how you intertwine God in those little moments. When I'm in the kitchen cooking and I'm talking to God about how, Father God, make this dish, you know, something good my children want to eat and healthy for them at the same time. But when I'm talking to God about chopping the onions and the tomatoes for the dish, that's the worship part of it. You know, that brings him into that, the simplest activities. You just bring up, you just made up a, a great, made a, a point. If you, if you look in Colossians three twenty three, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that our Lord, ye, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance of, for ye serve the Lord, the Lord Christ. But okay, now think about what you what you just read and what she shared, and who else gets to benefit from this? Misty Hagen. You're right, all you, of us. We heard you come in, Misty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Misty has a point. She benefits from it. When right. you live like that, the person benefits from it. The people around you benefit from it. The body of Christ benefits from it. The church benefits from it. And it pours out because our worship is not just for God. Okay. Let and me. Not just for ourselves. It's not just for ourselves. So I, and my visual impairment to me is very much a walk with God because he kept me here for a purpose. I could have gone home in a box. I could have been somewhere else, but he kept me here for a purpose. So the way I live my life is honoring to him is my honor, my duty to him, but it benefits someone else in the, in the process well, that person could take it and spread it out to them. We talk about the power of numbers. This right here is the power of numbers. And that's one of the uh, one of my all-time favorite verses. It's not my only favorite verse, but one of the verses that I made my kids memorize and is one of my strengths to get me through the thing the day is Philippians 4:13. Cuz I can do all things through Christ, not with him as a part-time partner, not by myself. And if I need Christ, I'll call him. But through Christ, that strengthens me. Because without his strength, I would not make it through. I mean, this, this 2020, thank God, it's gone. But it will be a year to be remembered. And I guarantee you, there's nobody. Well, there probably are some who thought they did. But there's nobody who got through that year without calling on God at least one or two times. But see, and yes, you, I'm sorry, and, and you also have to trust in the Lord. A lot of people say they believe, but they don't trust. And I said, if you don't trust in the Lord, how can you expect him to 
take you from point A to point B? Well, I was going to say so many people, I've heard so many people say, oh, thank God 2020 is gone. Oh, 2020, 2021 is going to be such a better year. Why? 2020, there was nothing wrong with 2020. We're here. And everything that happens, God has a plan for. And if we trust him and we really want to worship him, then we have to lay down everything that happens and say, God, you are in control. No matter what it looks like out here, no matter what's happening around me, I know that you have a plan and it's in, you're in control. And I've got to, that's what I've got to focus on. Not the numbers of how many people who got COVID-19. And don't get me wrong. I had people who were affected by COVID-19 in my life and who died from it. And I miss them. Oh, I miss Miss Ruth so terribly every day. But that was God's child, not mine. So my father had a plan. And I can't say that because he put COVID-19 throughout the earth in 2020, that it was a bad year, that it wasn't him, that something was wrong with him. I can't stand here and say that. I can't say because he took my sight that something was wrong with his plan. No, I, when I say God is sovereign, I have to accept that he has the right and the might to do anything that he wants and i have to know without a doubt that it is for my good and again that's where people are talking about like you were saying that this was a bad year i said yes it was a bad year to a point in my version but i also say that we don't know what God's plans were for all this to happen. He could be giving us this stuff to see where our faith is. And our faith has better be lined up with him. Because if it's not, he's going to let you know. At, fir at first, I thought it was a bad year. But then, you know, I, it, it brought me closer to him. Yes. All the stuff that happened. Yes. And That's why I said I constantly hum to myself, trust in the Lord. Sometimes I'll sing the song, trust in the Lord, because you've got to have that trust. You've got to believe that he is in control of everything that we do. Everything. And with the technology we have these days, it is more. It, it's possible for us to to stay in touch with people, not just by telephone, but through the through Zoom, through Zoom. and you know, and mm -hmm. thanks also um, through you know NFB. They mm -hmm. they they have a lot like the daily check in calls. You know they do that, mm -hmm. and other other events and everything, and you get mm -hmm. to know people. Yeah, you get and let's face it. If if it weren't for COVID, I wouldn't have made a lot. I wouldn't have made all these friends. And you know, what? I probably wouldn't have joined. Who knows? I don't know if I would have joined this group or not. If 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 this group would would be around, I have no idea. So mm -hmm. let's face it. We we've need been to around look for at two, this. We've been around I mean, for two years, but yeah, I never um, even heard about it. Yeah, and and one of the things that I like about you know you bring up technology and you know this is a Bible study and all that, but yeah, who would have thought back in you know, 2019 or 1990, 2000, 2005, you mentioned it, Stephanie, remember, we used to 
wheel our Bibles around in eighteen volumes. Now we can, <laughs> yeah. now, we can now we can pick now we can pick up a phone or a braille display and read it ourselves. Awesome. Oh yeah. I still Israel. use my braille, but uh, yeah, I, I remember logging my my um, braille in one of my uh, suitcases that's got the wheels yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> We have just, more reason That was just now. Genesis and Psalms, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All. We have well, more reason now to connect with God. We have so many ways. And if you think about it, what the Christians did back in the Bible, we have so many more ways to connect with people than they ever did mm-hmm. because of technology. And so, mm-hmm. and if tomorrow, if we see tomorrow, we have even more ways tomorrow to connect with people and be a Christian mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. they ever did. We have yeah. no excuse. I mean, God has just yeah. been so amazing to us to give mm-hmm. us these technologies, to give us these paths. There's a song that I love. And the first line says, there's beauty in my brokenness. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it wow. is. Someone yeah. looks at, someone looks at the fact that Oh, I'm stuck in the house. Oh, I have X, Y, and Z condition. And that's, but in those same times, that's when God is our strength. Mm-hmm. That's when God mm-hmm. is that all things that Cliff mentioned in Philippians 4.13. I used to say that all the time. And then I chose, I was asked to give my first sermon. I thought, oh, well, I'll choose 413 because um, it's a scripture everyone knows. But then when I started really reading and researching and studying it, Mm -hmm. it means so much more to me because it's not, he's not talking about the strength to get through a hundred pushups. He's talking about joy having, and that's what it all comes down to. When you have joy, pure joy, Mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, I think like Doc said, he, one of the scriptures he read talks about being rooted. That joy is rooted. Mm-hmm. And even on the worst day, you can still tell God, thank you. Mm-hmm. On the worst day, you say, I still praise you, Father. I still love you, Father. I still believe that you are in control. That's mm-hmm. the all things that he was talking about. People talking about you mentioned that people say, oh, I'm stuck in the house and this and that and the other. Or, I lost my sight. Well, I, I, I can't see, but my bills are paid. I'm stuck in a house, but my bills are paid. I'm, you know, here with all the kids all day. But guess what? We got food to eat. People don't think about those little things that who cares about yeah. getting in the car and driving down the street or being able to walk around the store. Personally, I don't like the store because there's always too many people and they're always not watching Thank where they're going you. anyway. This so, is true. And <laughs> what, what it, I think Stephanie said, at best, if I can't order from Amazon, then I don't need it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Amazon is my friend. They love me. They do. But think That's about true. it. Even you said stuck in the house with the kids all day. I used to pray when I was sighted. Oh God, I wish I could spend more time with the kids. I used you to want, wish, right? And I got my wish when I lost lost my sight. It allowed me to be a stay-at-home mother. And then when I started working and stuff, and this year going into school for them, I was like, God, how am I going to get them back and forth to two different schools? Well, now all I have to get them to is the bedroom, the kitchen, and the dining room. <laughs> it's easy doing it. He's and, and to fire it. up that iPad and, or Chromebook. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Another, I mean, another thing. 
this this time, I'm here to tell you, it makes you appreciate the little things in life and how much they really, the, the little things are really big. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's so true because, um, I mean, I was always a stay-home mom because I had lost my sight when I was in grade school. But with my son, being able to see him graduate from high school and now college, he touched my heart when he stood up there and said, I love you, mom. You are my mentor. You will always be my heart. And I just floored, cried because I, because I was like, what, how does he feel having a, a mother that couldn't see, but yet she walked him to his karate classes she walked him you know all the little stuff and i and i adore it now he's an adult and i'm like wow look at what god has given to you and look where he's at today i am so proud there is beauty in my brokenness Yes. I'm about to make that my signature. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other song that goes along with that is God grace to be gracefully broken. Uh To be um, that song when we had to learn it for choir to be gracefully broken Uh because God doesn't break us where we where we crumble. Uh He doesn't break us. You know, we go to somebody Uh and we go to chew them out. We're trying to break them all the way down so that they know who who you are. But that's not how God does us. He (laughs) gracefully breaks us and Mm -hmm. gives us every opportunity to put it back together and be better Mm -hmm. than what we were when we started. Yes. So true. Amen. Amen. Sorry, we're pulling pulling up on an hour. Go ahead, Doc. What were you going to say? Since based on what you've been saying, then when did you gain sight with your blindness? My vision is 2020. Without vision, you perish. My sight might be impaired, but my vision is clear. Very good. I always say that my eyes truly opened after I lost my vision. My sight, or my sight, my my saying that I used to say, tell the people all the time, because growing up in high school, they were always amazed that, you know, I could walk to school by myself, or that I was the captain of the cross country and the wrestling team, that I was a two-time state entrant, that I was region champions and spelling bees. Like, I told, I told people, I said, just because I went blind doesn't mean I have to stop living. I said, mm-hmm. I said, th- th- I said, that brings me to the point where there are none so blind than those who refuse to see. I said, you're blinder than I am. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that, that woke a lot of people up because I had to give speech. I mean, I wasn't the valedictorian of my class, but they picked me to make the speech at graduation because to them, I was an inspiration. And it, to me, it wasn't a big deal because it's just everyday stuff. But I have to remember that people who don't live with me or that don't know me, that might be stuff that's amazing to them because they don't expect people that don't have sight to be able to do these things. So. Or is it really oh. because you just keep talking anyway? <laughs> yeah, because I'm always hearing from family members that don't even know or I don't know if they 
don't understand, but they're constantly saying, oh, I feel so sorry for Marty having to take care of Misty. I was like, take care of Misty? It's like, what are you talking about? And they says, well, he has to do this for you and that for you. And I said, all he doing is putting a roof over my head and clothes on my back and food on my table. I said, the rest of the crap I do myself. I don't have him dressing me. I don't have him doing my hair. I do my own hair. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we, we all need to get together, shoot an informational YouTube video that lets people know that we, just because our eyes don't work, the rest of our body still does. <laughs> yeah, especially our minds. Really? <laughs> and we can sure talk. We, we can't talk. We got that figured out. Yeah, yeah. The gift of gab. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got five sided people in my house and a bunch of sided family members who do they call when they have a technology problem because it's not Apple Apple. (laughs) (laughs) but see that's that's the amazing thing about God God knew before these diagnoses were ever put on us what he was going to be able to do with us because if we just let him if we just let him directed and we just put just trust that it's going to be okay that he's got our back there's nothing that we can't overcome including blindness i don't have to ask god to move the mountain i don't have to ask him but as long as he's there with me while we climb it that's the important part Mm -hmm. i'm reminded of a old uh hymn that we used to sing um, have, the, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You are the molder, I am the clay. You know, and so he does. He, he, he takes that clay and he squishes it and squeezes it and turns it into a beautiful thing. But that's all God's doing. And he's shaping us and molding us and for his purpose. And so, I don't know. I think that's, I, I love that song. I love the song that I went to the enemy's camp and oh, took yeah. back what he stole from me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Do you know that song? I've heard oh, yeah. it for a year. I have it. Huh? I have it. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> that's to, that's what I sing to my family when they sit and say that Marty does everything for me. I said, okay. Is that the song that is that the song that says walking into the enemy's camp, laying our scriptures down or something like that? No, this one is uh I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me i took back what he stole from me took back what he stole from me i went to the enemy's camp and i oh, that's even different from the one i was thinking about he stole from me. <laughs> he's under my feet he's under my, my feet he's under my feet He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. And you, 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 you made him even more mad because you know Satan was the director of music before God <laughs> kicked him out of heaven. So you, you doing something that he's supposed to be in charge of praising the Lord. You know he mad. You gotta get a set of pipes. 
Well, that's yeah, all right. He's going to be mad because when <laughs> even when I don't think to worship or praise, as I read ones that songs stay in our spirits mm-hmm. long past we've sung, long past the time we sung them, and oh, they yeah. continue to surround us. Yeah. So every one of them, you know, and if you, to me, there's no better song than my gospel songs. And if I look and listen to them, I can find so much life. Yes. They they make the perfect love songs, if you truly think about it, because they talk about the perfect relationship between mm-hmm. God and the body. Yeah, um, They are good songs to just clean the house and cheer you up. And, mm-hmm. because, and then later on, when I'm away from it, they continue to surround me. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite songs by Fred Hammond, Find No Fault in Him. Oh, I love that song. It's on, uh, mm-hmm. it's on his Love Unstoppable album. I think it came out in, back in 2014, but yeah. Okay. Find No mm-hmm. Fault in Him. I love that song. Hmm. I want to look that Check one up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can just put it in a Dropbox link and send it to people. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little album. Uh, I love that. But I will say, I didn't watch the ball go down, but I was up. And I was humming, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine. I took Satan to get me behind, victory today is mine. Yeah, joy is mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think 2020 wasn't a bad year. I think uh, a lot of things people say I agree with about the, the COVID. But I also think there's something that people are missing, too, about 2020. And um, no matter who you, whatever your position is uh, about various issues, I believe that the, the, the message, the choices that people had to make were put out very clear. It kind of reminded me of the prophets of, you know, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel. The choices people could make were put out in front of them like they've never been put before. And to me, that's God's work. Because God never used perfect messengers or or highfalutin people. Uh, People came from all aspects of life when they delivered his message. And so, and that's how I take 2020 was it's, I call it the year of the message, the year of choice. Well, 2021 should be a year of completion because it is a derivative of the number seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I am, I got a song that I was thinking about that. I thought she was talking about. I'm going to play for you real quick here. It's called, I am free. generation yep oh, I'll check it out all right so let's uh i mean if there's any more praise reports or prayer requests then we can get ready to wrap this up maybe 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 hang out a little bit after the recording stops but uh anybody got any uh, prayer requests i do um there was a house fire nearest um on new year's eve 
and came to find out later that night that it was it was a two year old boy died in the fire. Oh no! And I came to find out that it was my my cousin of my daughter's oh. on the other side. Hmm. So we can pray for Deidre and her family. Yes. Oh, definitely. I have a cough that does not want to go away, but I am going to bind it and throw it away. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Anybody else? Ouch. Anybody else? I would say for, for all the people that have all the COVID cases in the, in the, world i guess i would say and for the frontline workers um, yeah. I, I i read I, I read a couple of days ago that um 20 million people in the united states have caught the coronavirus that's a lot of people um misty I was going to say about the COVID because from January until Christmas Day, I've had different family members that had passed because of the COVID. All right. Well, Rhonda, we're going to pick on you today. Although we know that praising God and praying to him is an honor anyway, why don't you uh, close us out in prayer and... uh, Sure. Um, have those uh, prayer requests in there for us too. <laughs> Father, we thank you that we can um, join together and, and, and worship you and just talk about you and, and remind each other of what's good and what's worth yes. thinking about. Father, we ask you just to be with all the frontline workers that are fighting against the COVID virus and all of those who have lost family and friends. Father, comfort them in the best way that only you can. God, I pray that you give us all words of comfort to say um, when we're around people and that we'd be a light in this um, seemingly dark um, time and space that we're in and that we would give people what they need the most, which is some love and some positivity because this world's so negative. Father, we pray for Terry and we pray for the family that's lost the the two-year-old and the fire. Father, comfort them. It's so, so sad this time of year, this fire after the holidays and and um, it's, it's just a, such a hard thing to get to losing a child. But we know that even in such hard times that they'll, you'll bring people in their path that will do good to them and will be of comfort to them. And, and this, we just ask you to bless us all and give us all a good week and that we will remember to take time to talk to you every day, uh, even if it's a minute or two, because life is so much better with you than it is without you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for anybody who's listening to this pod, anybody who's listening to this podcast, to join us on our email group, it's committedwalkwithchrist.group or at groups.io and put a dash between each word. Thanks for listening. And I have a commercial. <laughs>